Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRota.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. Derek Tate, how the hell are you? We are in week one. This is what we've been waiting for. Let's go. Are you excited or did you start Cam Akers and feeling the hurt from Thursday night? I started <laughs> Cam Akers. I started Cam Akers and I, uh, I've survived. Um, survived. You th- okay. I mean, think like, think like the replacements. I will survive, hopefully, you know, the week one dud from Cam Akers. Don't panic. <laughs> It's just yeah, one don't game. Panic yet. It's fine. It'll be Not fine. Yet. It's one game. Can't beat yourself up too much for it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of players that we see either skyrocket or absolutely put duds on the field this weekend, and we will pivot next weekend. So it's going to be okay, guys. We will get you through that. Tate and I want to cover some fun over-unders with you today, as well as some flex players we're super excited about, and some matchups we're particularly excited about that we'd love to grab those players, maybe in DFS, or if they are players that you're thinking, should I start them, should I not start them on your lineup? We're going to cover some guys that we think are must-starts for the weekend. So let's first talk about Sleeper and the over-unders. We're really excited that Dr. Odo is partnering with Sleeper this year. They're going to be matching your deposit up to $100. So please go ahead and do that. I will throw the link up on the ticker. Go to sleeper.com slash doc to access that awesome, awesome discount. Tate, I know you love over-unders. You've made a contest for people that are tuning in. Please explain. So, I mean, first off, tick, 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 tick. Go over to the link that we're going to go ahead and link in the description. If not, let's go ahead and read For those that are, you know, listening, you know, the old-fashioned way to our podcast via audio, it is sleeper.com slash doc. So we will go ahead and match your deposit up to $100 on the first deposit. So you want to go ahead and play these things because, look, it's prop. It's over-under. It gives you some very interesting lines. And speaking of interesting, some of the lines that I found very enticing for the opening slate of action. I have one contest, Sam, where I'm literally playing all running back receiving yard prop lines. I like Like, it. Just three running backs that I think are all going to catch passes and are all going to be heavily involved enough to be able to top their rather modest receiving yardage totals. Um, For example, who led the Saints in receiving last year? Sam, question. You know the answer. Uh, Alvin Kamara? That is correct. So I know that there's a lot of new faces. Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas is back, Chris Alave in the first round draft pick, yada, yada, yada. Alvin Kamara is still any quarterback safety blanket and is still arguably the best pass catching running back in the National Football League. They set his over under at 30 and a half yards. I'm taking the over on that all day. I think that Jameis Winston coming off of his ACL injury, I, you're going to have Alvin Kamara, who's a do-it-all running back, but mostly just torches teams uh, with option routes, angle routes, swing passes out of the backfield, screens. Yeah, I think Kamara gets to 31 yards receiving pretty easily. Um, then you're taking a look at David Montgomery. I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to – put it on the Chicago bears this weekend, not because um, I'm I'm necessarily a a trade Lance hype train conductor. It's more so the lack of talent and kind of devoid on this roster for the Chicago bears in particular around Justin Fields. I think they're going to struggle to put up points. The Niners are going to get out to a a lead in my opinion, even on the road and Justin Fields is going to have to try to throw the ball to keep him in the game. I do see a couple dump offs, to David Montgomery, who is very difficult to bring down one-on-one in the open field. 
Uh, I see him getting over that 15 and a half yard mark receiving pretty easily. And then Michael Carter. Super low. That seems it, super low for Montgomery for all the reasons you just explained. Agreed. And he's somebody that's involved in the passing game. I do think Khalil Herbert maybe has a role, but is it that sizable of a role? Not enough to where I don't think Montgomery sees any work in the passing game. And then uh, next, Michael Carter. Uh, I know that Brees Hall was selected for the New York Jets in the second round. I get that. But I still think Michael Carter is going to have a role in this game and on in this backfield throughout the entirety of the season. And in particular on passing downs, Joe Flacco, he's getting the start against his former team. Could I see him checking the ball down? Could I see the Jets playing from behind too against a pretty talented Baltimore Ravens team? Yes, I can. For that reason alone, 13 and a half yards is the over for his receiving totals. Carter could do that easily on one drive, much less, you know, the entirety of a game in particular where I see a game script favoring the Jets playing from behind and throwing the football. I see some check down work in, in the future of Michael Carter. I definitely agree. I'm kind of curious to see how the Brees Hall Michael Carter combo kind of rolls out because you know, Michael Carter was serviceable last season. It wasn't that he was deplorable at the position. He was just fine. So is Brees Hall really going to absolutely just take over this and it's going to be his job no matter what? Or is it going to be a bit of a balanced year, kind of what Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon were last year, where it was you saw the split kind of shift towards the end of the season? I'm really wondering if so many people who have gone so hard on Brees Hall for week one are going to be disappointed a la the Cam makers owners that are disappointed <laughs> like myself. Um, so I'm kind of wondering how that split is actually going to work out. Something I'm really looking forward to seeing. But these are really great lines. I think these are awesome that you guys picked out. Um, guys, Thanks. please head over to sleeper.com slash doc so you can get in on this and get in on the contest with us. We will be sharing this link after this episode gets posted as well. So you can compete with us. It'll be super fun. Um, yeah, love me some over-unders and love me some contests early for week one. You know, I'm salivating for these contests. Let's go. I'm just excited. Am I too excited? I think I'm too excited. I think you sound a little excited. I also did a five pick one. Um, okay. I, so I, now I'm going a little bit too, too leaning in on it. But look, the, the lines are enticing to someone like myself. I can't help it. <laughs> I took the bait. Um, I'm on Ron St. Brown. I'm all about the, uh, what is it? Hard knocks. I'm all in on the Detroit oh, Lions. I'm so I think all it, in on hard knocks. I know. Yeah. I'm so, so I'm so in. excited. So, so Amon Ross St. Brown in particular. Uh, I, I just love, I love this kid's game. And I think he's going to have a pretty nice opening week uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think that the Detroit Lions are going to probably have their hands full, but this could be more competitive than people think. Amon Ross St. Brown certainly going to see some work. I, I see him going uh, more than 55 yards this week against the Eagles secondary. Um, Damian Pierce. Also, they let go of Marlon Mack. Yeah, Rex Burkhead's there. So damn what. I think he gets to 49 yards rushing in his debut as a Houston Texan. Look, the, the New England Patriots, I think Mac Jones is going to throw an interception in this game against a, a pretty talented Miami secondary. Uh, I just, I think he's going to have to press a little bit. I'm not 100% sure that he's going to be put in the best situations now that Josh McDaniels is out of town. And who the hell knows who's actually calling plays there in New England? Uh, it could be a rough outing season debut for, for Mac Jones, David Bell, ding, ding, ding. I think 19 and a half yards is way too low for somebody's going to be catching passes outside of Amari Cooper. 
David Bell is someone you can move all over the formation. I think he's going to win in the slot. I think he's going to be uh, a guy that can get the ball out of his hands and, and, and do a little bit of damage after the catch and a nice safety blanket for Jacoby Brissett, who's getting his first start as the Cleveland Browns quarterback this Sunday. And then Sam, I don't like to do it, but I'm going less than 226 yards passing for Mitchell Trubisky in his first start as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback against the team that represented the AFC in the Super Bowl last year and has a much better defense than people give him credit for in the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think that that's necessarily a, a bad bet right there. I think that there's going to be, how do I put it? Mitchell's going to have to get the ball out of his hands very quickly. Very quickly, right. there should be a lot of short yardage. It should be a great Najee game for that reason. I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for the receivers. I'm really still nervous about Deontay. The shoulder is a slight bit of an issue, um, but I'm still starting him because if I drafted him where I drafted him, it's not a position where I can pivot so boldly in week one and bench him. So I'm definitely still going to give him the start. Pat Fryermuth is someone I like a lot in this game for those similar reasons and having to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And he's a fantastic target in the red zone. So I like him a lot this week as well. Um, but, you know, I, I also don't, I agree with you. I don't, I think it's been hard for Mitchell to get over that number for yards. So I think that that's a safe bet as well. Let's roll. If anybody Let's else roll. is joining us live right now, I see a couple of folks are, you know, commenting on the stream. First off, thank you for joining us late on a Saturday night. We've got a little bit of college football, but you know, I'm more excited for NFL kickoff Sunday. So let's go. Let us know who your over-under plays are heading into the opening weekend of NFL 2002 season. Let's go. Or 2022. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm 20 years back. I'm, come on. I'm, I'm a, little, a little bit longer in the tooth nowadays. I can't even get the season right. It's okay. It's the weekend. We're all tired. We're just excited for football. But I love this question from Albert, which actually kicks it off for us into our flexworthy players segment. So thank you for this one, Albert. He says, would you start Juju or Jerry Judy in full PPR this weekend? I love it because I have Juju on my list of players that are must start flexes. Tate, your, in, your initial gut feeling between these two. Uh, which one do I think is going to be the higher scoring game? Probably the tilt between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. I see a little bit of a revenge angle for your boy, Russ, but going into Seattle, Seattle's a tough place to play. Russ knows that, and that's uh, that's asking a lot for what could be an emotional game for Russell Wilson, although I do think the Broncos come away with the win. I just don't know if, if Russ is going to be lighting it up. I actually see Sutton having a better day than Jerry Judy in, uh, for week one. So I'm actually going to go Juju. You're going to go Juju. You know, I really want to go Juju as well. Um, it's such a tough call, but I, I think that Jerry Judy and the Broncos are going to have a, just a slight better edge because Russell's going to be coming out there with a fire to show it to his old team that they're going to be putting a hurt on the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm actually going to pivot. I'm going to go Judy between these two, but I do love Juju a lot this weekend. It's just that he's right there at the line for me. So I'm just going to edge Judy out for that little bit, a little bit of the extra, you know, revenge game scenario type of situation. Sam, I mean, you don't, you don't see any part of this where maybe Russ is having an emotional night. That's a lot to go back into emotional? the emotional. I he's just a, a little bit veteran quarterback who can handle his emotions. He's just the butt of all dad jokes too. So I feel like nothing bothers him. Like he's you know just going to be cool as a cucumber rolling out there with the Russ smile, just, you know, just chucking it down. No big deal. 
Nothing wrong with being a dad. Nothing wrong with having some good dad jokes from time to time. In fact, I'm Does that mean hold, you also have a pair thumb. of cargo shorts hidden somewhere? You've got the cargo shorts and the New Balance sneakers? I'm wearing them right now. What are you talking about? Like, let's go. Come on. <laughs> God, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying. The to, the, the, he, Russ was adored there in Seattle, right? He was the face yeah. of the franchise. He was the guy that, in fact, you know, in my opinion, carried their franchise for the better part of the last five seasons. So, um, you know, Russ, it, it just could be a, a really, really, really emotional night, and it can go one way or the other. He either absolutely buries his old team and Pete Carroll in general, who kind of didn't seem like he went uh, eye to eye on during some of the last couple years, or, you know, he kind of leans on what is a, ta- a, m- a much more talented roster. And, you know, Geno Smith is well, Geno Smith. <laughs> I love this from Mr. Scampers. Cargo shorts are greater than all shorts. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. I'm all Scampers. about it. Mr. Thank Scampers. you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. All right. Let's jump over to another player to talk about in terms of flex worthy players. Um, let's talk about Melvin Gordon. We brought him up a little bit earlier. I feel like he's a back that is, you know, similar matchup that we just talked about. They had the 60-40 split last season between him and Javante. I think that based on the way that I see this game script going, I think that Gordon would still be a very good flex-worthy running back for a lot of people. Am I wrong or am I correct? I think that you're... How are you going to land on this debate? Well, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic to roll with you. Um, And and while I I, I just kind of mentioned, I do think it's going to be an emotional night for Russell Wilson. So I don't know if – I don't even know if it's going to be necessary for for Russ to really have to air it out against the Seattle offense. Uh, I just – I don't think the Seahawks are going to put up that many points against the Denver Broncos. Um, So that being said, I do see potentially a heavy workload in the rushing attack for both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon – we just don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. Who's going to get the valuable touches inside the five. I think it could be either of those guys. Uh, so he's a nice flex option, but I, I'm Sam. I, I'm just not quite as high on, on our boy high. Melvin. Not quite as high. I mean, what, what do you expect as far as a workload go? Do you see 10 carries in this game for Melvin Gordon? I see at least 10 carries. Absolutely. And then maybe even one goal line carry. I'm counting on a goal line carry for a touchdown, at least 10 attempts, you know, a little handful of catches as well. Do you think he's a top 20 play this week? I think he's a top, he's a top 30 play. I would say close to 25, but I wouldn't say he's a top 20 play. I think there's a lot of really good matchups this weekend. I thought you were going to like plant the flag though. I thought you were going to go, yeah, I think he's top 15. I think he's going to, he's going to ball out against the Seahawks. You know, I, I no. think that it, you're okay. So you're optimistic, but not over the moon. Yeah. Optimistic, but not over the moon, but let's talk about someone that we could plant our flag on someone that you brought up earlier in terms of the over-unders on sleeper Damian Pierce. I feel like he's someone this mm-hmm. weekend that is absolutely going to eat. What do you feel like the best best case scenario is for him in terms of his attempts this weekend. I think he's going to be somewhere between 15 to 20 total touches. And I'm, maybe that's very aggressive and maybe I'm in the minority. I still think that he looked clearly the best of all the running backs in Houston during the preseason. Do I, I know what Rex Burkhead is at this point. He's a nice veteran option that can certainly fill in and, and do some work on, on passing downs and, when pushed into a larger role, he can have some success. 
Um, but I just think that they like this kid out of Florida so much that they decided to go ahead and part ways with Marlon Mack. Um, and, and while Burkhead is there, I think that they're going to try to feature Pierce out of the backfield as much as humanly possible. So, uh, and Pierce can catch it. He can pass protect. He can, I think he's already kind of a, a natural, uh, more dynamic runner than, than Burkhead is at this point of, of his career. So I, I think the path that the Texans have to upset the Indianapolis Colts is to run the football. And I think that Damian Pierce is going to see a, a bigger workload than people think, uh, even though it's his you know first week in the NFL. Definitely. I love that. And I, you know, he's someone that I think a lot of people were getting as steals and drafts until the hype train just got too big. And then all of a sudden the ADP just skyrocketed. So hopefully if you got him in one of those later drafts and you had to pay the premium, we're about to see it pay off tomorrow. Cannot wait to see what he does on the field. Uh, also looking at a sneaky, maybe, maybe a DFS running back that could just be based on injury circumstances, if J.K. Dobbins doesn't play, is Mike Davis a really good, sneaky running back to start against the Jets, or is that totally crazy? It's not totally crazy. It's It's not, not. right? No. That's why you're making that face. I can tell when you think I'm crazy and when you're like, actually, (laughs) that's not bad. There's like a very distinct difference in your face. (laughs) It's not. Well, thank you. I I, I, apparently I have a I'm not a good poker player. No, I know you too well. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Great. I'm going to keep all my money at the table and not play poker with you. ever. Um, So we're we're thinking Mike Davis, right? Gus Edwards is on IR. They they have Justice Hill available, who's going to be ready also, apparently. But. Yeah, I think it's Mike Davis. Mike Davis is a very sneaky play this week, in, in particular uh, if Dobbins is, is a no go. So, um, and it doesn't look it doesn't look good for Dobbins, right? He, he's listed as questionable, but uh, I, I think like Lamar even said earlier this week that he would be happy if he got him back in a couple weeks or something. So, um, yeah, if, yeah Mike, if, if Dobbins like is not a go, Mike Davis is is a guy that I actually think could put forth a top twenty week. Yeah, it was kind of a funny interview that. Um that Lamar gave because he was very casual about, you know, he, he respects that Dobbins is doing what he needs to to come back from his injury. He'll be happy to see him on the field in a couple of weeks. And everyone's like, excuse me, a couple weeks, not, not like a week. There was a plural. Interesting. All, all fantasy managers were like, what? I know. And I, I saw a bunch of people blow up too about uh Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, being added to the roster and all that stuff. But uh, yes. Yeah, so it, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out, but I, I do think that Mike Davis probably has the inside track to the most touches um, in Week One if Dobbins is a no go. Okay, so this one from Kyle Sarah, then just specific to that, why do we like Mike Davis more than Kenyon Drake? Uh, it's not that I like him necessarily more as a player. Uh, I think he's been with the team a little bit longer. Uh, Drake is a, obviously a, a more explosive talent, but. Mike Davis is somebody we've seen handle a larger workload. Uh, and this is a run heavy scheme. And I think that, you know, Mike Davis also, if I, if I had to place my money, if I'm a betting man, who's going to be the back that you want, if they do have goal to go situations, I think it's Mike Davis over Kenyon Drake. So that's why personally I would probably give the nod uh, to Mike Davis over Kenyon Drake. I feel the same way. It's the goal to go carries for me that I think that they'll use him in those situations for, you know, it's going to be, this is a game against the jets. We don't know 
what the Jets are going to look like, but I think we can pretty much say that this could be a very good pass-happy game for Lamar Jackson as well. So love Rashad Bateman in this one. Absolutely love Mark Andrews. How do you feel about Isaiah Likely? He obviously had a fantastic preseason. Everyone was grabbing him at the end of their drafts in deep leagues. Do you feel like this could be a good game for him as well for that reason? Well, first off, and one more point about uh, Mike Davis. Uh, how what running back has ever had value while Lamar Jackson has been under center as a pure pure PPR cat, pass catcher? Yeah. So I mean Drake, one of Drake's best qualities that he does much better than Mike Davis, in my opinion, is his ability to contribute in the passing game. And that's we don't expect Lamar to be checking it down. So that's that. But um in fact, now I've I've already forgot the question that you asked. I went off on my own tangent. I want to. I wanted to make one more point, and whoopsie. Uh, you know, no, it's okay because Mr. Stampers threw this one in here. He says Ravens don't care about running back efficiency. Mike Davis all the way. <laughs> Very nicely said. Very um, nicely said, Mr. Stampers. That, that, that's a nice backhanded shot at Mike Davis. Actually, that's pretty straightforward. That might have been a full-fisted <laughs> like punch right in the face. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, I was asking about how you feel about Isaiah Likely as like a deep oh. maybe. Maybe in best ball, you have to be excited for hopefully him getting a touchdown or two. Nothing I mean, I, I not worth yeah. starting week one. I mean, I, I could hope tomorrow that I could fly if I decide to, you know, click my heels together and jump really hard. But no, that's not going to happen. Uh, All right. So save ungrounded. that dart throw for another weekend, guys. Save yeah. the dart throw for another weekend. I just wanted to pose the question. I felt like it needed to be asked. But let's throw this one here from Mr. Scampers. Half point PPR. You subbing Christian Kirk at Washington for Juju Thielen or AJ Dillon? Hmm. Um, there's a part of me that likes Christian Kirk against I mean Cam Curl the safety for the Washington uh, Commanders is out so the secondary two is kind of the way that I would want to try to attack the, that that Washington defense uh, no Chase Young of course either so I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing what Christian Kirk looks like in this offense I think he's the the best of the options that they have even though Marvin Jones is a nice uh, veteran option but yeah I, I would probably go Kirk um Dylan against Dylan against the Vikings though, or Thielen really are also very enticing. But uh, if I were to say who is the most likely to get the most targets out of this group, I would say it's Christian Kirk. Yeah, I can, I get that argument for him. I mean, I'm also just excited to see how the Jaguars look this season. And that's not a sentence I would have really ever thought I'd say that I'm excited to watch the Jaguars, but I am. I'm excited to see them post Urban Meyer. I'm excited to see, you know, the gloves come off and everything go their way. I just, I'm excited to see how that goes. So hope, hoping for the over there, but if I had to pick between those four, I'm, I've planted my ride or die flag in AJ Dillon this season. So if you ask me any players, it's going to be really right. hard for me to not say AJ Dillon all day. All day, like okay. So obviously, we all know. The are you, are you are trying to do out. a really cool voice right now? Like, all day, all day. That is my deepest voice I can do. That's my Schmidt from New Girl voice. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for knowing that. Um, no, so Aaron Rodgers is gonna have to pivot. Clearly, there's no wide receiver out of camp that is just carrying that backfield for everyone. No one's excited about any of these receivers. Absolutely no one. It's deplorable. There's been drops across the board. There's a 
brief moment where people think, okay, maybe Roby O'Dowd's is a thing, but there's no one that is clear cut. Here is our replacement for Devontae Adams. We have the answer. There's not been that player of a receiver. What we do have are a 1A and a 1A, as the coaches already said, in their two running backs, in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So I see all the volume and workload going to those two backs who work really well together and complement each other on the field immensely. So give me A.J. Dillon with at least a touchdown tomorrow, at least 25 receiving yards, and he's going to have plenty of carries, plenty of carries. You know, I can totally see why you would think that A.J. Dillon's probably the safe play. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. Um, best floor of all of them. Probably the best floor of all of them. That, that I can actually 100% agree with. Uh, in particular, because they haven't figured it out at wide receiver yet, right? So, I mean, the rapport yep. is not there with anybody in particular. I think Alan Lazard is out, isn't he? I think he's trending towards being out, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and if he is, it's even more reason to go with A.J. Dillon. Exactly. So, I could see a lot of check downs. I could see them trying to get the ball to their running backs in space. Um and even Roger said, is it possible for both of these running backs to catch 50 passes this year? He did. So I, I, far be it me to, you know, question the guy that came in looking like, you know, Cameron Poe from Con Air to training camp. Great look, by the way. It was. Hey, he also just had a haircut. So he's got a whole new emo look going on. Did he learn how to chug a beer yet? No. Let's get him to work on that. <laughs> It's going to work on that. And then maybe we'll be, have more confidence. All right, let's get this other start sit question. Thanks, you guys, so much for all these questions because this plays perfectly into our flex segment. These are all players that I think everyone's going to be going back and forth when they're setting their lineups tomorrow. So these are awesome. Kyle asks, another league I can start two of Boyd, Chase Claypool, and Adam Thielen. So of these three, which would you sit? Well, I'm going to go ahead and sit Chase Claypool because I'm the least confident in their quarterback sorry sam um it, it's it's true and i actually think that the Bengal secondary is is better than people give it credit for um i think it's not going to be a super high scoring game at least i don't predict one between the the steelers and the Bengals. um but i do see boyd being tyler boyd it's going to help move the chains on third down good slot guy and he'll make some uh make some you know magic after the catch here and there and adam thielen Clear number two behind Justin Jefferson there in Minnesota. So um, I'm fading Claypool of this group. Yeah, I get that. I think I'd have to agree with fading him of of these two. Obviously, highest on Thielen of, of the three. And then it's very close between Boyd and Claypool for me. But I think based on the situations that they're going to be putting, I think this is a bigger Najee Harris game than it is a Chase Claypool game. I think Deontay gets some work. I think maybe George Pickens gets a couple very big targets down the field. But I think it's going to be really hard for Claypool to carve out his role that he needs to against this defense, especially because they're going to have, you know, the clock working against them. I think that I like Boyd just a little bit more. So I agree with you on that one. And I would definitely go and fade Chase Claypool tomorrow. I have another one here from Will Jenkins. How do you guys feel about A.J. Green this week? Question I didn't think would come across the board today. <laughs> well, I feel a little bit better now that Rondale Moore is out. Uh, Rondale Miller is dealing with a hamstring injury, I believe it is. I uh, just suffered it like earlier this week. So I would imagine that that means that the likes of Hollywood Brown and A.J. Green and Zach Ertz all get a little bump. And if Kansas City is going to put up some points, you know, they're going to have to try to keep up. So, yeah, A.J. Green, I think, is has nice wide receiver 25 to 30 type of uh, – 
feel to him this week. I feel like it's going to be hard for him to get over four targets in this one and have over really? four catches. I feel like it's I feel like it's going to be tough just because they're going to be spreading the ball out a lot. And obviously Marquise Brown is going to eat a lot. Um, I get it. I get why you'd be excited, but maybe I'm just a little bit less, less so. More I said 25 to 30. I, I didn't I didn't get all excited. That's not excited. Excited like, yeah, I think he'll be top 10. Yeah. Oh, all no, in. No, no, far away, far no, away. no, no, no. Closer no, no, to the 30-35 range. I think I think you see somewhere between seven to eight targets. Um, and I think he could produce somewhere around four to five receptions for around 60 to 70 yards. And so best case serviceable scenario, numbers. Right. If you're if you're looking at your roster and seeing, you know, players go down. Maybe you can, I mean, although it'd be really hard to, how how many players are injured right now that are making people really pivot so much on their rosters? I mean, it doesn't feel like that many. Week one, unless, you would think, you'd think you have plenty of options. <laughs> you would think, one would think, unless you went just running back heavy in your draft and you're just depleted at receiver, which is entirely possible. Um, and then, yeah, in that case, why not dart throw on what could be a very high scoring game? Indeed. 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 So on this match, since it's part of our matches that we're really excited about this weekend in terms of having the potential to provide the most fantasy points, is the player in this chip of the Chiefs versus Cardinals that you're the most excited, excited in starting, not just in your leagues, but maybe in DFS as well? I mean, I want to go ahead and try to get as many shares of this uh, of this game as I can. Although there, there there's the small chance that both of these teams are going to try to kind of figure it out after – you know, their all pro level receivers are not going to be with them anymore from last season, or at least to, for this specific game. I mean, Tyreek Hill obviously being in Miami and D Hop being, um, you know, suspended to start the season. So th- there's a there's the chance that both of these teams are going to have to kind of figure out their identity on the fly with two very talented quarterbacks. Um, I do think that they eventually figure it out. Um, in particular, you mentioned uh, in the pregame uh, or pre show that. I think J.J. Watt is not going to be available for the Arizona Cardinals. So yep. certainly, you got to be able to get you got to be able to put pressure on Mahomes to make him uncomfortable at all, um, and that that might be a issue for um, the Arizona Cardinals consistently uh, tomorrow. Definitely. Another matchup that I wanted to talk about um, quickly would be the Raiders versus the Chargers. This is one that I feel has a lot of potential for a lot of big players to boom obviously we're excited to see Devonte back with his college quarterback and Derek Carr so I'm excited to see how they play out together I think that I think that the Chargers defense you know it has it improved sure is it what it needs to be in order to stop the Raiders I don't think so so I think that this is even a game where you could flex someone like Hunter Renfro and have decent return on him as well and I I just love the idea of them being the one and two together. I think that's going to be a really good fit. Um, and on the Charger side of the ball, just love Mike Williams in this one. I think that he's going to absolutely have great potential for targets as well. So this is just a matchup that I like a lot of, and it's probably one that I'm going to be picking a lot of parts off of in my DFS lineups. I really like the Raiders a lot this season. However, I do see there being the potential for the pass rushers of the Chargers giving a Derek Carr some issues during this game. Okay. Although I think I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think both teams are loaded to the gills and have quarterbacks that are, you know, the arrows pointing up on 
And I think Derek Carr is finally kind of getting some of his flowers that he's deserved for a long time uh, based off of his performance last year. And he gets Devontae Adams. That cannot be understated. Um, so I think it's going to be a great game. And, and I, certainly I'm every, every player in this game that I have a share of, I'm starting with confidence because I think both teams are going to go back and forth. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's going to be just hit for hit back and forth across the field on this one. I'm just super excited to watch this matchup. It's been really tempting to go and just buy a last minute ticket for SoFi because this is a game at SoFi and I, right. I'm so close. I'm just like, you know what? But, you know, I'm, I'm making the argument. I have some writing I got to do tomorrow. So, no, it's probably best to not go to the game. Close. Okay. Responsible. Close. It's very responsible. Trying to be responsible. Trying to be, you know fiscally responsible as well you know just it's a long season just because it's week one you know? relax it's week one don't relax. overdo it don't you're gonna overdo see it. me text you a picture of me at sofi tomorrow and be like i changed my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not gonna text it to me you're gonna post it on the socials and i don't blame you both and then tag you i couldn't hold back I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna be feeding feeding my daughter you know bananas or something like that as i watch the bucks <laughs> you know at the very end of the night yeah giving my child sugar at uh, like <laughs> nine o'clock at night. That's dad of the year. So dad of the year, dad of the year. All right. Any last matchups you want to cover before we sign out for today? Uh, I, I'm a little interested to see how the Giants and Titans plays out. I yes. know it's an offbeat game, but I mean it's a little bit. It's a little bit interesting to see how you know Tannehill is going to adjust with 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 the you know basically his entire receiving group being completely remodeled, um, and then. You know, Harold Landry also, you know, unfortunately had, I believe, a season-ending injury earlier this week for a Titans defense that now they're devoid of a pass rusher against an improved offensive line for the New York Giants with Brian Dable. And, you know, Saquon Barkley looks healthy. I, I'm not calling the upset, but I'm, I think the Giants are going to keep this game close. Ooh. I do. I, I hmm. It makes no sense that they released Blake Martinez, though. That's kind of stupid. But um, yeah, it, it's the Giants. They've done they've done a, a bunch of stupid stuff over the last couple of years. So I mean, this is just par for the course. <laughs> Love it. All right, we actually have one more question for Mr. Scampers before we sign out. Thank you for this one. With Kittle not expected to play, is Kirk Cousins a higher upside than Trey Lance? He says, "I'm down big. I'm guessing that means you started Cam Akers, Mr. Scampers. It's okay. You're not alone." But let's try and help him with this one. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I know Tyler Croft is next in line if Kittle can't go and Kittle would be a, a blow. I mean, George Brittle at this point, man, can't stay healthy. It's so damn frustrating, but well, I, never I love him. Kittle. I love Kittle, but, it, you know, um, but do I think that Cousins has a higher upside? I don't. Trey Lance has so much ability as a dual threat option that his floor still even feels comparable to that of cousins and Lance does have a big arm. And if they, if they do dial up, which I expect Kyle Shanahan to against um, some, some nice play action looks, move the pocket, make things easier for him in his first NFL start against a defense that, you know, is kind of being remodeled right now. I'm not going to say rebuilding, but remodeled there in Chicago. Um, I, I, I still think Lance has the higher ceiling just because he's such a dynamic athlete. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the rushing upside just keeps the keeps the ball in his favor and why I would still start him over Kirk Cousin. I just love the rushing upside. He has the potential to run in for a touchdown. Also, he has fantastic receiving options still. He has Debo Samuel. He has Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I think that there's still plenty of volume to be had just because Kittle's not there does it does it hurt sure it does because he's also not just an amazing receiver but he's also amazing blocker he makes plays happen he's a fantastic you know athletic ability kind of guy so I get why you're hesitant but unless multiple receivers went down I'm still starting Trey Lance because of the rushing upside I think it's too much to pass up on don't pass start him come on let's go week one start Trey Lance it's big one. Let's go. It's exciting. You know, I actually have Mahomes and Trey Lance in Scott Fishbowl, and I'm very excited for that quarterback duo. Ooh, that's a nice one. That's nice. It's a fancy that's, one. Yes. I, it's the nice. only share of both quarterbacks I have in my 10 leagues. I don't have a single other one that looks like that. It's crazy. So that'll be fun to watch. So, well, good luck. Thank you. You as well. Everyone, good luck in week one. We're so excited that football is finally here. Thanks again for listening to Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drroda.com. Any final words to sign us off, Tate? Uh, Other than I'm so happy to see so many people hitting us with questions, some old faces. Good to see you guys. Kyle, Will... Uh, Mr. Scampers, everybody, thank you so much Albert, for joining us. Albert, love it when you guys tune in. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, and good luck with everything, whether you're doing prop bets, whether you're doing your, your seasonal stuff, DFS, whatever. Good luck. Enjoy NFL Sunday. Good to be back. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Good luck in week one. Let's go. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.